Today, I'm giving you an insider look of real stories on the ground from the providers, nurses, and volunteers of Extra Mile Pediatrics. I'm recording from our beautiful villa in El Salvador on my phone in the open air, so you might hear some birds, trucks, and other El Salvadorian noises. And if you do, that is just amazing. It'll feel like you're right here with us. On these medical service trips, Extra Mile Pediatrics really aims to give patients as much time as they need to share their concerns, their worries, their trust, and most importantly, their joys. And the best part is they get to see us every six months, so they know we'll be back to track their child's progress over time. Extra Mile Pediatrics serves five communities in El Salvador, and each day we visit one of these communities. So in this episode, we'll be highlighting a story from each community, and these stories are handpicked to really capture the essence of what Extra Mile does for the people of El Salvador. Maybe they'll even inspire you to join us on a future trip. Now, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, episode number 30, featuring Dr. Jeff Mapp, founder of Extra Mile Pediatrics, make sure to go back and listen to that episode to get even more insight on how Extra Mile was started where the inspiration came from, and what the goals are for Extra Mile for the future. Let's get right into it. My name is Hethel Bauman, and this is The Global Health Pursuit. All right, good morning, guys. It is October 14th, and 6.53 a.m. We wake up early here. And to talk about our first community, Hacienda San Diego, we have Chris Haug, <laughs> on the mic. Um, and of course, recording on my phone. So please, if you hear any birds, trucks, animals, amazing. <laughs> so Chris, how are you doing today? Very well. Thank you. So what is your profession back in the States? I'm a nurse practitioner and I work in college or university health services. And I also work at a Nonprofit called My Health, where we service 12 to 26 year olds for reproductive health or other services that they need, like Gen Med. Yeah. Okay, so that's amazing. How did you find out about Extra Mile Pediatrics? I found out through a post on Facebook from a friend's wife um, who was going on a trip. And so I just reached out to Jeff and my daughter and I were looking for something like this to do. We had gone to, on another mission trip, and um, she was interested in looking into medical options. And so we, after speaking with Jeff, we decided to come along. Social media is a powerful tool because that's how I found Jeff is, and Extra Mile Pediatrics as well. So we came to El Salvador and our first community that we were serving, its name is Hacienda San Diego. And I just wanted to ask you, when we came into this community, like what was, what was your first impression? And what did you notice throughout the day of our clinic 
So this is my first time to El Salvador. Um, I've been to Guatemala trips twice before, so I was interested to see if it was different. I have to say the community is so friendly, appreciative, warm, just always they're very, uh, they love their families. Um, as far as what they're coming in for medical issues, um, they end up like walking hours to come to our clinic. Right. When we arrive, they're, they've been waiting there for a long time for us just to see them because here they wouldn't maybe be able to see anyone financially or when we arrive, they're waiting for us. What their issues seem that I saw throughout the day was a lot of skin issues. They swim in the river. Mm -hmm. um, it's very hot. When you look at the river, like, what does it look like? Yeah, um, I would say, like, it's a light brown water, um, mm -hmm. not clean. Mm -hmm. There's cows that walk through the water. Mm -hmm. um, there's parasites in the water. It's, it's an issue that we're addressing with the water filters that we give to the families. Since it is so hot and they're swimming in the river, they do have a lot of like skin issues that they're dealing with. Mm -hmm. It's always hot. They're always sweaty. They can't get their skin dry, so they get like fungal infections, that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's super hard to stay clean because of the humidity and how hot it is, right? Absolutely, yeah. I know that you're a mom. As a mom, coming on a, on a trip like this and witnessing other moms bring their babies in for health care, like how does that change your perspective on, on life just yeah. in general? Well, so just being a mom when your kid is sick or suffering in any way, you're miserable, would do anything. So these, you know, moms don't have money always to you know, get a ride to the clinic. Right. Um, just they lack access financially. And so I just relate to them because if your kid is suffering, you want to do anything to get them medicine or make them feel better. So they are coming in to see us to just make their kid better in any way they can. And also just to make sure that their kid's growing okay and doing well. But so... It's, it's really nice to spend time with the moms and just tell them they're doing a really good job with their kids. And and that's another aspect of extra mile pediatrics. It's not just medical. We're not just coming in and giving them medicine. We're sitting down and really talking to them about their lives. And that's kind of how we find out like what they do for work, how far they're walking, because that's not usually the case. In the normal health system here, they usually have maybe three or four minutes with a doctor because of how heavily loaded they are in a day. And that's, you know, one of our mottos. Even if we see lesser patients, we want to give them the time of day to actually express their concerns. Thank you so much, Chris. You're welcome. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Amazing. So obviously, you're one of the co-founders of Extra Mile Pediatrics, and we're going to be talking about our second community that we visited on this trip to El Salvador. And the name of that community is El Hobo. And now I've heard you speak about this patient multiple times. It was also um, a topic that we spoke about on our 
actual interview on episode 30. So if you haven't heard that, make sure to go back and listen to that episode. But there's this one patient, her name is Estefany, and I know that she's touched your heart, she's touched your family's heart. So I just want you to tell me more about her story. Yeah, so we met uh, this family, we met this community at, in general four trips ago. So we've seen them now. We, we go to each of these communities at least every six months. And so that's actually one of our newest, actually, actually the newest community that we've added here in El Salvador. But we've now been to see them at least four times. Um, and so we've gotten to know them really well. And this little one, uh, we met on the first trip and she's been there for every single one. In fact, the location that we use to set up our clinic is essentially a courtyard kind of outside of her house. And so not only do we see her as a patient, but she's generally kind of there hanging around, you know, you can tell as she gets comfortable, over the course of the day that we're there, she kind of comes and checks in and walks around all the stations and smiles at everyone and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, she's, um, she's been a presence and, and in a lot of ways I, I associate, uh, that the community with her just because of how much we see her and, um, just how amazing she is. So when you first visited her, what was her main concern? Like what was her mom's main concern? You know, it's been really interesting, uh, that, almost every time they've come to clinic as patients. So not when they're just kind of hanging out, but when they come in, it's their turn. They're seeing the nurses or the providers. When they're expressing their sort of reason for coming, they usually just say something like, it's kind of just a checkup or, you know, this time I, I was talking to her grandma when she came through clinic and was asking, you know, what we can help with. And she said, I just want to, I want to have her vision checked. I, mm. I worry about her vision. And so generally they're giving us little, little bites or little pieces of things that she might be struggling with, but they really don't come in with any, um, explicit, certainly not any big concerns, not nothing that they're really, which is tough. And which is interesting because she, you know, she does have some fairly obvious, you know, dysmorphic features. Like she's, she's a girl that when you see her walk up, you sort of say to yourself, okay, there's something going on here. And, and that doesn't let really line up with what they say, but that makes sense. Right. And especially if you go back to the first time we were in this community, right. That's not something that, you know, that you come right out and say like, well, I'm worried about, like, I want to know what's wrong with my child or whatever. Like, that's just not the way you would approach that. Uh, and it certainly isn't the way that this family approaches it. And so the discussion over her broader kind of health status has been this longer term evolution. And I've loved that because it really allowed us to get comfortable with the family, create the relationship first, like really have them get to know us and trust us. And that's when we find, and this is, that's kind of in, in a lot of ways, this is a microcosm of what happens in all of our communities mm -hmm. is as we gain more trust, the discussions get deeper. Mm -hmm. And that makes total sense. I, I feel the same way with my own physician, right? If I'm just meeting somebody, I'm not going to walk in the door and, and just voice my biggest concern mm -hmm. in life. It's going to take, uh, it takes some time to get there. And so that makes total sense. And I think that's in a lot of ways validating our model that, you know, by going back and, and, and seeing them over and over again and kind of having that relationship, you can have that discussion over time. And it's a much more comfortable way to have the conversation for everyone involved. And it's better. You get more information that way. So what's happened is over those four trips, we've gotten more and more of the story and we've had more and more of this kind of 
long-term discussion over what might be going on. And that's really, you know, that time has allowed us to really create a solid relationship. And I think allow us to have discussions that are tough. Hey there, I hope you're enjoying this episode. And if you are, would you do me a tiny favor? Show me some love by doing one or more of these three things. A, click the support this podcast link in the description to donate a few dollars toward the production of this podcast. My dream is to do this full time and your support would mean the world. B, you can write me a review on Apple Podcasts and or rate me on Spotify to give me a boost in the algorithm. Or C, share this episode with someone who would love it just as much as you do. I truly and deeply appreciate you. Let's get back to the episode. Yeah, you know, that almost reminds me of like a therapy session. You're not going to spill all of your secrets in the first therapy session. <laughs> you know, exactly. um, you need to see your therapist over and over and over again. And then maybe like the 10th session, you'll say something that will click. And so what was something that clicked? What was like a light bulb moment that you noticed or was told on this trip? Yeah, so this that, that light bulb moment or that click, like you just said, that happened this time. You know, that happened two days ago. And we just happened to have, you know, so we saw her as a patient earlier in the day. And we checked her out. Well, she's growing really well. We talked about school, which, you know, she loves language arts. And, you know, all the, we had all the normal conversations and checked her out. And she's doing quite well overall. We checked her vision. She did have some things going on with her eyes. Um, that I think we need to kind of dive deeper into and, and maybe have some discussions with some ophthalmologists about what, what would be the best plan for. But, but overall, that's going okay as well. I just want to make sure we're tending to that like we should. A couple hours after her actual visit, again, they lived there, so they were just hanging out. And she walked up to me and kind of tugged on my shirt. And I looked at her and she said, go talk to her and pointed at her grandma. <laughs> and, and so I went over and sat with grandma and Stephanie came over and sat with us as well. And we just had like a conversation. And during that, her grandma mentioned that when her mom, when Stephanie's mom was pregnant with her and, and about to deliver, actually in, in the hospital getting ready to deliver, she had a seizure. And she fell and, um, Stephanie was born and, and a short time later, they sort of noticed that she had some asymmetry, um, to her head and the doctors at the time told the mom that the reason for the asymmetry was because of the fall, um, which was again, before she was born. And I really just think. I wasn't there at the time. Obviously, I only met her when she was five years old uh, as for the first time. But I think it's it, it's extremely likely that that fall and that seizure did not have anything to do with this outcome. And I think that it's extremely likely that this child just had something we call craniosynostosis, which happens sometimes. I mean, we see that. And that's um, there's not really a rhyme or reason necessarily for that. There's not... Um, Certainly, you know, a fall or, or, or a seizure or something like that with mother's health shouldn't really impact that. And so this, 
we had that discussion this time, which was a tough discussion, but I think it was so, again, it was so much easier because we knew each other well and we were just kind of there talking through it. But, but by the end of that discussion, I said to her, I said, you know, if her mom has been carrying the weight of this issue for seven years now, I think you re we really need to focus on that and just let her know that she should let that go because it is really, this is just one of those things uh, that, that happens and it was not due to anyone's fault. No one did anything wrong. It's not any kind of a, a result of something that could have been prevented or any of those things. Now, it could have been treated and that's the frustrating part. We didn't really go into this part. Um, it would have obviously had to have been surgical. It is a big deal surgery. It would have happened, but it would have had to happen for it to be, for it to avoid the physical outcome that she's had. It would have had to happen years and years and years ago. So that's another reason not to really kind of go through that. But, but I just focused on, she's doing great. Her development is perfect. She's a really smart girl. Her growth is great. She's happy. She's active. She's, you know, all the things. And so we really just had a, a good portion of this conversation that focused on that, that she's doing awesome. And, it, and, you know, keep in mind <laughs> Stephanie was sitting there for the whole thing. And I think that part of it really just made her happy to hear too, that, you know, uh, I'm not sure we didn't get into what she may be facing when she goes to school. And, you know, if she faces embarrassment and shame or bullying or any of those kind of things, but that just said, you know, you're awesome. You're, you're doing so great and just keep it up. And I think she, I'm hoping that there's a, a little bit of, of relief in that I'm hoping that some weight can be lifted in that. And, um, yeah, if nothing else, we know that every time we come back, we're going to, she'll be the first kid to run up and greet us. And, <laughs> and, uh, and we, you know, it's, 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 it's really become a special relationship that we can kind of walk with them through this, through her growing up. Yeah. Wow. That's, you know, that story really touches me. And also, you know, coming on a trip with extra mile pediatrics, you can really see that where like, it's just so much more than just giving medicine. Um, it's really sitting down with these patients and just giving them the reassurance that things will be okay and kind of removing that anxiety, that guilt, uh, that shame. So thank you for telling me that story. Oh, you're welcome. I'm uh, always, always happy to share those kind of interactions. Okay, so I have Nipa Shah with me to describe our third community that we work in. Um, and the community's name is La Presa. So Nipa, can you tell us what your profession is and what you do back in the States? So I'm a pediatric hospitalist, meaning just I'm a pediatrician that works um, primarily in the hospital. And so I've been doing that for about a decade after training. Amazing. So it's kind of perfect that you came on this trip. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is something that like I've wanted to do for a long time and just either never found the time. Um, although I, I, I think in general, you, you know, you can make the time if you can. And um, this was just like a time where I definitely felt like I could do it. And I'm so glad I did. I want to ask you, Nipa, where exactly is this community? Because I know it was a, a little bit of a hike to get there. And... How did we set it up? What did it look like? So yeah, La Presa was unique and like interesting and definitely a cool place to see. Um, so this community was kind of a, you know further away. So it took us, I want to say about an hour to get there. 
um, there was a river that went through the community. So the community actually would have to, um, many of them would have to cross that river in order to get to um, where we were holding the clinic. And so sometimes it was actually very difficult, like when there was lots of rains and the water was very high, a lot of them couldn't make it. Or a lot of them would even like kind of make that trek and go through there, the river, if you know, if it was possible. So um, when we talked to a lot of the parents, they told us that you know they took some of them take took about an hour to get there. Some of them even took an hour and a half to get there. And I'm talking about it's pretty hot, you know. It's so you know we're talking about by foot too. They're walking here. Yeah. So yeah, walking there and with their, I mean, three sometimes you know two three children and many of them like being pretty young so like you know the mom's carrying her kids and um or carrying you know one of her children or other kids are there so um it was it was it was difficult i think for them to reach the clinic but um i think that they were really um happy that we were there which also made us feel um good that they were you know that they seemed very appreciative of us being there um, as far as like the clinic set itself, so um, there wasn't like, you know, we just kind of brought our like, you know, canopies and that sort of thing. Um, and it was just in, in just like a shaded area that had some flat surfaces that we could do the clinic at. But, you know, no walls, kind of open air, that sort of thing. So I had the honor of just sitting and watching and listening um, to NEPA help these women and these children. And there was one family that kind of stood out that walked in. Um, it was a mom with three kids. And I want to ask you, Nipa, can you describe this family? Yeah. So this mom, um, so she was a single mom, which, you know, I kind of felt like I saw a lot of, I mean, they did have some family and community support, which is great. Yeah. So she's a single mom, three kids, adolescent type ages, uh, and there was a eight year old um, girl and she um, so she had she had a few concerns one of the things that uh, she had noticed is that you know for a while now she's been having um, stomach pain abdominal pain and mom was actually pretty worried about it because she had her other son I believe he was about nine years old he recently just had appendicitis so that's kind of what she was mostly concerned about so talking to the girl more, um, she seemed to have, you know, pain with, you know, kind of eating mostly like greasy foods. It, it was kind of like located in what we call like the right upper quadrant in medical lingo. But that's, um, you know, kind of like near where the gallbladder is. And so uh, one of my concerns was, you know, could this girl have what we call biliary colic or kind of issues with her gallbladder? Now, the only issue was I realized we're in a place where you know, we didn't have access to an ultrasound, which is what I would be doing in the States, like where I could just kind of see, you know, what was going on. And it wasn't, it wasn't going to be easy, like at all for them to be able to get access to that. Um, one, they would have to go somewhere pretty far away. And two, um, in order to get the transportation for them to go there would be difficult. So we kind of had to be selective as to, you know, do we really think that this person is in dire need and how can, can we somehow facilitate that? With her, you know, she was, I might be jumping a little bit too, but she was also having um, like some chest pain and that sort of thing. And along with the, the chest pain and the stomach pain, we thought, you know, there's a chance this could be 
reflux. So um, what we did have was maybe some reflux medicine. And so we, we prescribed her that. And the other thing we did is that we took her name down. So we took her name down and her phone number just to check in, basically to see could the reflux medicine and that sort of thing, um, as well as she was already getting antiparasitic. So if she had any issues with uh, like a stomach bug causing these kind of abdominal issues, if those two things, could that help? And if it's not helping, then yes, we're going to have to figure out what can we do to kind of get her further help. So yeah, so I, I definitely think um, when you come here, you realize like just kind of what we have like access to and like, you know, when you get into these scenarios of like, you don't have like very easy access to these types of things. So sometimes you kind of feel a bit helpless, but I think them just knowing um, that we're trying to do something and seeing if that helps. And if it doesn't, then they also have in their mind, you know, this could be something to do with my gallbladder. And maybe if they do see somebody else, if they're able to, um, they can, you know, discuss that with that doctor as well. Yeah, and I think that's the trouble in, you know, some communities like this, because they don't have the access, obviously, you know, that that's one of the biggest reasons why we come into these communities to give them access. But there's almost sometimes like a limit to how much we can do. And I think the biggest part is giving them the peace of mind of, okay, this is what we're thinking it is. And we can almost always give them a point of contact to speak to next so that they're not given this information and then they don't do anything. They're, they're kind of sitting helpless at that point. And that's not, that's not something that um, we want to do. So and another thing I just wanted to say too, is that they also have great people like on site. And I think that's what was really great about extra mile is because, you know, since we're working with different people here, like there's, the health promoters here and then there's like Lily here that kind of like runs this whole mm-hmm. program and really we can't do any of this without her because we have that contact in this community and that works with these communities regularly and she can she knows like about the resources in the area we have somebody to kind of like fall back on and say okay if we are noticing these concerns and they're getting to the point where we're, we're very concerned then she can kind of hook that up and and maybe provide that access. So, you know, it doesn't just kind of stop with us. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really important with Extra Mile is that we know that we can provide some sort of continuity and mm-hmm. something to do after we even leave. Yeah, that's a big that's a big point because we do have on the ground partners that can regularly follow up and let, you know, our founder know what's going on so that we can give the treat like you know we can move when we need to move fast um uh, for specific cases thank you so much nipa this was a great conversation thank you so much thanks for the opportunity to talk about it next up we have sham he's 18 years old He's from the Bay Area, and he's our youngest volunteer here in El Salvador with Extra Mile Pediatrics. And I thought that this was a really, this would be a really, really amazing thing to talk about because, first of all, when I was 18, I was not doing things like this. I was worried about where I was going to go to college. I was worried about just 
not things related to service. And I wanted to ask you, Sham, what brought you into this kind of work? What was your exposure, like your first exposure into the work of extramural pediatrics and just pediatric care in general? Uh, so my parents and I and my family have always been inclined in like service and volunteer work. So we always like, since we were young, we would go and like help on random things around the community or just like do uh, vitamin drives in our like school or whatever. And then we would, we would be part of like clubs in school for like volunteer service or we'd start some for that. So my brother did it in 2019. He just came down here because he was interested in pediatrics. Mm. So he came over here and then he like, he asked Jeff and Jeff was fine with it. So he came and he really liked it. And then last or this April, my parents came. And then my mom was a dentist for the, the time being. And then my dad helped with the IT. So then I was, they just like said, oh, you should go. It's, it's interesting. I was like, okay. And I was like, because I, I was always interested in like kids. I have like a, a job where I teach kids how to ride a bike. So it's like, it's, I like always working with kids and like learning new things, I guess. Yeah. And one thing I didn't mention is that Sham came by himself. And as an 18 year old, I think that that's, Coming to a new country. This is your first time, right? In El Salvador? Yeah. Yeah. Coming to a foreign country that you've never been to by yourself. What was what was that kind of like those first couple of days like for you? Uh, it was it was okay because everyone was pretty like welcoming and pretty nice. Even like the people like of El Salvador. And then it was nice having like people we knew. Like I knew I knew Jeff for like since April or something. So it's like, it was easier. And it was a little hard, like, away from my, like, friends and, like, niche group and, like, all that. So it was a little different, but it wasn't too bad. Amazing. So I want to ask you, Sham, what, what is your goal for the future? Like, what do you want to be? Like, career-wise? Yeah, career-wise. What, like, in terms of careers, like, you're going to college very soon. Mm-hmm. What are you focused on learning there? Uh, I'm planning on applying for nutrition or physiology, so how the body works. I love how like little things add up in the body, and then my like dream goal is to become an orthodontist, just like my mom, and study ortho. So yesterday I was just walking around clinic, and I think it was like towards the end of the day, and I saw Sham teaching a little boy how to brush his teeth. And so I want, I would kind of want you to explain that or just go through that interaction with the little boy. You know, how did that, how did that come about, um, you actually teaching him and what was that like? Uh, so I was just watching Tracy and Gabby work because, uh, whatever I was doing was finished. So I was like, everyone just goes to Tracy, right? <laughs> and she was like, she was just talking to the kid and then the kid was like, Oh, do you have toothbrushes? Or she just gave him a toothbrush. And Tracy was like, do you want to teach him how to brush teeth? I was like, sure. And then uh, I like just started brushing his teeth. And then he was like, he's pretty chill. Because he didn't know how to brush his teeth. Only his, his dad used to brush his teeth for him. So hopefully now he can like brush more consistently. And he was doing a really good job. So I want to say good job on teaching him. Because that's huge, you know. Some of the kids here barely know how to brush their teeth, maybe brush their teeth once a day, if if that, um, and just to have a little bit of a demonstration to know and understand the importance of just 
you know, those two minutes out of your morning and night, I think that's just amazing. So I want to say amazing work, Sham. We are going to miss you when you go home. And we hope that we see you again soon. Hi, everyone. So we are recording from La Red. And we're in the middle of a clinic day. It's our last clinic day. And I thought that it was, it would be just so amazing to hear from somebody who is on the ground, who is one of our biggest supporters, who just does some amazing work with making sure everyone is in line and, you know, has the passion to serve her own community. And her name is Lily. We met her, well, I met her for the first time on this trip. And she she just has this energy to her where she makes everyone feel welcome. And it was just amazing to see how she just interacted with all of us. So I just want to hear her story. I want you guys to hear her story on why she decided to come and work for La Red as well as help serve extra mile pediatrics and just get her perspective. So Lily, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. That, that was a big introduction. <laughs> I was like, wow, she's talking about me. <laughs> yep, I'm talking about you. It's, it's just the beautiful thing. Um, whenever I go on service trips and I, and I see locals and the way that they treat, just the way that they interact with their own people and interact with people, foreigners, you know, like she, you didn't know what you were going to, who you were going to meet, right? You didn't know how, how we were going to be, especially the first group that you welcomed from Extra Mile Pediatrics. It's kind of a, it's a new experience and it's not, it's not an easy thing to do, you know? So Lily, I want to ask you, what brought you to serve your communities? What was what was going on in your mind that, okay, I want to serve my community and I want to do it through the way of healthcare and just uplifting my own people? Well, thanks for all these questions. Um, I'm a little bit nervous right now, but let's, let's go for it. <laughs> well, at first, I wasn't actually thinking about doing this type of help or getting involved in this kind of job, honestly. But I graduated from high school, and then um, it was a bilingual high school. And then my dad was like, hey, you need to practice your English. Mm -hmm. So I actually started as a volunteer. Just the goal initially was to practice my English with some uh, people and teams that were coming from the States, help them translate and all that. But as I did that, I fell in love with, with the type of help or job teams were doing and the type of help that many teams from the states were bringing um, and I fell in love with with that those days where you are just giving giving to others taking care of others you realize that your needs are yes they are important but there are other needs going on that sometimes we don't realize that there are there so I, I fell in love with 
with that, like realizing that we're going through some hard times, but as we go through hard times, we can also mm. help others and just walk together in this journey called life. And I think that's amazing. You know, there's a certain um, sense of fulfillment that you feel when you're serving others. So you're not just giving, but you're also in a sense, you're taking that sense of fulfillment, you know, and it's helping you walk through the day and sleep better at night. Yes, I guess that uh, fulfillment feeling that you talk about, I would call it purpose, you know. It's like you're not just waking up, working, so you can pay your bills, so you can hang out with friends. I mean, you find the meaning of why you are doing life, you know, that purpose. It gives your life meaning that it's not, you're not living day by day thinking about yourself, thinking about what's good, how, how much money I need to make to survive. You know, it's like you work to live, you live to work. Mm. I mean, the purpose is that you realize that as you walk through this life, you can help others to walk too and like walk together. Just dropping some gems here in El Salvador. It's like, I mean, she should be on a stage. So, <laughs> Lily, I want to ask you, what was the first, like, what was the first time that you met our founder of Extra Mile Pediatrics, Jeff? And when did you realize, yeah, I want to do, I want to work with you guys? It was actually October last year. Um, I started working for Larel. And La Red also hosts different type of teams, not only medical teams, but teams that come from churches, uh, youth groups, high schoolers. Um, and actually, EMP was one of the first teams I, I helped hosting or like leading through the communities and stuff. So at first, I was overwhelmed because mm. it was like a lot of planning with the local communities, a lot of planning with the health promoters, the local clinics, because... Um, La Red and EMP work together making this uh, sustainable, not just like a one thing, you know. So in order to make that happen, there are many components and conversations that need to happen before you guys come. Mm -hmm. So the first time I was like, whoa, like a lot of meetings, they were trying to introduce me to all these people. And then when your team came, I honestly felt like I could sit down and watch you guys work and love on people. So it felt good to give all this energy, do all this prepping, do all this meeting, and worry about transportation, meals, and mm -hmm. also, you know, all the logistics. Because when you guys get here, you make everything worth the effort. You know, you're giving, you're giving, you're giving. Um, and it's not like, yes, we're gonna see 30 patients, I mean, uh, for that first time, we were seeing like 80 to 90 patients mm -hmm. per day. And each doctor, each provider, each nurse, each person that came on the team, they were loving on each one of those patients. So when I realized what EMP was doing, it was like, that's cool, you know? I mean, <laughs> I wish all the teams were like that to where you can do all the prepping and then sit down and just enjoy watching you guys love on our people. Is refreshing for me too. I just love hearing that. You know, I was talking to other people on the on the team, and we were just saying how we have been sleeping so well here, and I think it's because everything is taken care of. 
for us. We don't have to think about what we're going to eat. We don't have to think about where we're going to sleep. We don't think about, you know, where all of the equipment is because everything is taken care of by Lily and she makes it look so easy. And so I think that's one thing that Extra Mile Pediatrics does really well is create that connection on the ground so that we don't have to scramble, you know, when we come in country. And so... Lily, I want to say thank you so much for being part of the team. I think that this is just such a beautiful and amazing thing that we can share with you, whoever is listening, that there are people on the ground that we work with and who are, who are just so simply amazing. And we, we want you to experience it. So whether you're a medical doctor, whether you're a pediatrician or nurse, or whether you're just somebody who's interested in learning more about what we do here, that's an invitation for you to come down and experience what we do. And then also just experience the people that live here. Experience the food too. Pupusas are so good. <laughs> and I'm sure that's not the only thing here. It's so good. But Lily, thank you so much for getting on the podcast. And I hope, I hope a lot of people hear your story. Thank you. Thank you for coming, being here, and sweating through the days. <laughs> it's really hot here. <laughs> yeah, no, but thanks for so much love going to our people. And, I mean, if we're going to have people that love our people, then why not? I mean, I'll, you know, I like, there was a pastor actually that said this to me, like, I want to learn to love, love you through it and lead you through it. So... Um, through the whole week, I'm going to do that because you guys are also doing that to our people. So why not? Let's do it together. Let's do it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this very special episode. The audio quality may not be perfect, but I just have to get these stories and perspectives out there in the world. So I want to say thank you to Dr. Mapp, Dr. Shaw, Chris, Sham, and Lily for giving me some of their time to share their experiences from the field in El Salvador. And if you're listening and you felt any sort of pull to serve communities in need, this is your invitation to take that next step. If you're feeling called, fill out an application to join a future trip on the Extra Mile Pediatrics website. If you have questions and need more information, reach out to the team at Extra Mile and we'd love to chat. All the links can also be found in the show notes as always, if you love this episode, please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It helps me get in front of more people just like you. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you in the next one. Bye.